Hey, 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 today my guest is Lorraine Bardeen, VP and Chief Technology Officer at Microsoft. We discuss her journey through life and Cornell, ever heard of it, that led her to Microsoft. We discuss her life through high school and college and why there's so many people in her Rolodex she would call before Bill Gates if she ever needs a tire changed. She defends Clippy, the original AI Microsoft mascot assistant, ranks her sisters in order of many things, and lists her keys to success, hiring, and what she looks for in a potential fast tracker. She validates my adherence to Atomic Habits and all its theories, and check out her inspirational and informational blogs on LinkedIn. So sit down, strap in, tune in, and turn up this technology-based episode of Tony on the Mic. Our story begins as these stories often do. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me on. And uh, we were the two loudmouths at the table at the wedding. So obviously we got along right away. When our children tell our story. Listen to a story about a man named... So here's what I can't stand. I can't stand the thought of a person standing at the edge of a room and feeling like they won't be welcome if they walk in that room. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story. I don't think I would write a crunch squish blog or anything. That'd be but... a tough. That'd be a tough one to write. Story, story, That one was just sad. How on earth did you get chips small enough to inject into people with the vaccine? <laughs> that is, of course, a state and international secret. Tell me, tell me off the air when we're done. Tell me after. Yeah, of course. This is the story of a. I have to say, that's the most amazing story I ever heard. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you listen to this fine podcast product. My name is Tony Lawrence, and this is Tony on the Mic. Today, my guest is a new relative. We're going to figure out how we're related, kind of in-law step something, I'm not sure. And uh, we met at a wedding, and I found out that she's a big muckety-muck at Microsoft. So I'm exploiting our new relationship, and I have the pleasure of interviewing Lorraine Bardeen. Say hi to the folks, Lorraine. Hi, everyone. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me on. And uh, we were the two loud mouths at the table at the awesome. wedding. So obviously we got along right away. Yes. And um, at, well, now it's funny you should say that because you said to me and we did hit it off right away, at least I hope, because I, I think you you have a gift. And I say this with all sincerity that you can make people feel at ease, that you can make people feel included. You can make people feel welcome. And when you speak to a group, you know, like, like even at the wedding, that, that people feel like you're talking to them, not just talking to a group. And so I got to tell you, you said that early that you felt we were we were a lot alike, I think is what you said, or something like that. But then I heard you say something similar to somebody else, and I'm not going to lie, it kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> so do you just say that to everybody or? No, I don't. There's a lot of people I don't say that to. Um, but uh, I do really like people in general. Yeah. So it's, if, if I seem authentically interested in people, I'm authentically interested in everyone. So um, that said, I don't like people who knock other people down, who cause harm, who um, intentionally exclude, who, who, seek, who do harm in the world, um, either in, in any way uh, that, that hurts others. So there's lots of people I don't like and I don't feel like I'm like. Okay. Uh, but I do think... Tony, your feelings aside, honestly, which we have to just put them aside. Um, you have to put them aside. I, I'm going to maintain with a death grip. I, I do think that actually part of the joy I find in life and being around people is being able to find something I can connect to with 
almost everyone. And it's not always as much as like when, when we started chatting, it's like, it's not just a few interest areas. It's also like the basic personality that, you know, we both like entertaining people. Um, So there's a few more things, Um, but the, you know, whoever the quiet person, the next table is, if, if I'm interested, which I am, I will find something. And, you know, I think that's true for most people. So I was your, your favorite person then at the wedding is what you're saying. That's a you're, you're in the top 20 for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're big um, on the number 20. There. You make top 20 lists. <laughs> the, the people, uh, the people being married are, you know, maybe nudged you yeah. out a little right. bit. Right. Um, my kids, my children were there, uh-huh. um, you know, my partner. Like, so I'm just saying, all right. All right. I, I, I'm just happy with. to be on the list. As long as, I'm on the list. as long as I'm ahead of Gary, my cousin. Uh, <laughs> He listens. He's well, actually right. an executive producer. He helps me book guests from time to time. Oh, that's cool. He'll get a I went out. to visit you um, at, a, at a, the safari park. Um, Meg Gary there? Or my BJ? Oh, no, BJ. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, so, I assume you like me more than him. I mean, everybody does. No, I sure. mean, we are on record here, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that to your imagination. But I did go to visit him first. I'll just point that out um, because we were going to the safari park and we found his DJ booth. So I'm I just saying, am aghast. Yeah. Okay, my guest today has been Lorraine Bardeen, and <laughs> uh, so let's um let's let's just take a little trip down memory lane and build some foundation. Just quick bullet points and stuff. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Tacoma, Washington State. Uh, If anyone's traveled through SeaTac, TAC is half of uh, the airport, Airport, Tacoma Airport. Um, I also grew up uh, in two households, so both on the island of Vashon, which is one of the many, many, many little islands in the Puget Sound, and then also in the city of Tacoma. So um, multiple different households and lots of exposure to different neighborhoods and areas. And uh, what were the hopes and dreams of a young Lorraine? Elementary, middle school. What What did you see yourself doing down the road? What did you you I you couldn't uh, possibly saw yourself at, at Microsoft? Any? No, nope, I did not. Anyway, yeah. What in anyway? No, I I uh, the tooth the the one thing I knew for sure is I knew I wanted to have kids. Like I knew that so early, and I don't exactly know yeah. why. I'm thrilled about having kids, but I, I knew very early. Um, and so that was one certain in in the yes column for my future. And then um, I thought I wanted to be an anthropologist when I was a kid. And it's for a long time, that seemed like that was weird that I thought that, but now I'm like, okay, I see how it makes sense. Cause it's literally the study of people and cultures. And, um, but what didn't work as well for me is any science, Tony, um, it's I can learn things quickly and perform well on tests. Like it's part of what works, what I find easier. But what I don't find easy is long, sustained periods of focus on the same thing. Mm. So I we, we're all like in that matter. <laughs> yeah, we are exactly. So I realized, oh, um, professions which require long, sustained periods of focus on one thing are not going to be an excellent fit for me. Uh, so what ended up being a better fit for me are, th- are environments where things change frequently. And, you know, through a series and probably jumping ahead to your questions, but through a series of sort of accidental encounters, I ended up in the technology industry. And that is absolutely a place where things change quickly. And um, my brain is sort of pre-wired to be comfortable in that environment. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And I, it's funny, I'm having a uh, conversation, I guess, a running conversation with a friend who just got out of retail management and he's feeling kind of, kind of lost because he doesn't want to go back into retail and plus brick and mortar retail is really struggling. And there's a lot of things and I'm, I'm the cool pool guy, you know, do what I want. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. so he's been, he's been riding with me and working with me a little bit, but we've discovered that his brain is not wired like that. My brain is, I like different things, I like different challenges. I mean, even like podcasts or, or singing in a band, things like that things, stuff I do that keeps me from being stagnant and yeah. is it's way more important for him. And, and I guess I never really entertained that this was an actual position that people had. I always just thought it was the wrong side <laughs> of, of the world. But yeah. the stability, the safety, the structure, the routine, the, the yeah. paycheck, the 401k, the, you know, that that box is important for yeah. him. And, and that's um, and that's weird. And I mean, not weird. I shouldn't say that. that's uncommon. That, it's it's a, or it's, it's a, different. Yeah. And it's it's good growth for you. And yes. I relate to it a lot because. I remember talking to my sister at one point and saying something like, oh my gosh, everyone in the world hates lists. And she was like, are you kidding? You know, I, I just don't enjoy linear things in general. Um, and I'm going to make some lists later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and and she, my sister was so astonished. She's like, she's like, Lorraine, I literally make lists just so I can have the pleasure of crossing things off. I love lists. I love tasks. I love... Huh. Mail and and my sister is a phenomenally successful chef, uh, and she's in a profession where attention to detail is really really important. Um, and that I had a similar moment to what you described there, where it was like a light bulb moment for me. Oh, people really are drawn <laughs> to the opposite side of the spectrum for what I'm drawn to. Right. Yay! We all can get along. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> and it's. And it's valid, and it's okay. Yeah. That's one. Of, that's one of my one of my latest revelations as I'm getting old and older and older. It's that that it's okay, and and I think sometimes that get lo gets lost in discourse where people will say, you know, oh, if we don't agree, blah blah blah. And there's a big difference between saying, for example, let's include everyone, and we're mad at you because you're excluding. Okay, mm -hmm. that's one side, and that's the side I think is perfect and right. Then there's the other side that says. We only want this and we don't want that. So why are you mad at us? Because we have different opinions. And yeah, it yeah, yeah. seems evident yeah. to me, but they, yeah. they don't, oh, I shouldn't say they, some people don't see it like that. They see it yeah. as a preservation of something or, a, you know, something like that, the norm, you know, I say with air quotes and, yeah. and seeing that it's, it's, it's weird, but it's okay that people are different as long as they're not bad or exclusive right yeah yeah one one thing i think about when i'm talking about how to assemble teams of people to be effective um and you know there's always these decisions are you going to try to create a team that's um people really get each other and can move quickly because they all get each other completely or a team that's more diverse in terms in in all the ways yeah. um, mindset backgrounds ethnicity race etc and one of my consistent arguments on behalf of the second choice, uh, assemble a team that is that challenges itself as much as possible, is that if you imagine choice A, where you, you try to hire a bunch of people who are just like you and really get you, that means you're trying to map your, your employees to your brain and you're trying to get everyone to have similar brains that, you know, similar decision making, similar okay. everything. 
But what that means is that your your entire output of that team is limited to the capacity of one way of thinking, which is small. Very <laughs> right? small. And then the other option where you bring a bunch of people together who think very differently because they're different perspectives and backgrounds, you have way more expansive options for what you can get done together and what you can accomplish. And it's like, you don't have that limit, that constraint of the maximum of one brain and one way of thinking is what we can get done. Now, it does take a little more startup energy because it's true, you don't get each other right away. So you have to communicate more, you have to agree on a set of shared priorities and all of that. But then once you get going, you can get, you have so much more impact, make better products, whatever it is you're doing. Um, it's To me, it's, it's so obvious between the two, right. but I think people can be nervous about that beginning part where you're gonna challenge each other and come at things. I don't even think it's just the beginning. I think it's, I think it takes, more energy definitely in the beginning but all the whole time but i think yeah. that's a good thing i think more energy is good i think yeah. if it requires more energy because it's easy to fall again i'm I'm kind of minimizing with my tone people who don't think like me but yeah. you know it's easy to go to work and do the same thing and have the same objective and get everything yeah. done and some say comforting some say you know whatever but it's yeah. it's harder to come and have different things happen and different people challenge you and different people talk to you. It yep. takes more energy to deal with that, but m more energy is good. I'm a big energy guy. Everything's about energy for me. Me too. Um, <laughs> so uh, high school, nerd, athlete, jock, uh, stoner. What, what, what were you like in high school? I would say high school was the most tumultuous personal lifetime for me. And so high school was really a good stable zone. So I actually, I started off, I think, pretty nerdy. And then I made a deliberate decision because I, I like academics. And I, I understand now from having kids and loved ones whose brains work very differently for me, my brain was just pre-wired to find that whole academic thing. It, it was straightforward for me, right? So I started doubling down that. But then about, I would say like second year in, um, I met some friends and I had this moment where I had to decide either to go all in on only academics or branch out more. And I chose to branch out more and it worked really well for me. So I did a couple of varsity sports like uh, softball and swimming. And I um, just had an active social life. And I also, I think, did well in academics for sure. It wasn't like I sacrificed. What was the GPA? Uh, I think oh, I was... It was pretty high. I mean, I think I was like fourth ranked in the class or wow. something. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. But I, I wasn't like, if I had hyper focused, I could have been like first. Or I could have been, right, right. You no, know, I could have hyper focused on, you know, making sure I was National Merit Scholar or whatever. And I, I just chose not to. Um, and I did well in tests, but well enough for what I needed to do. Do you know Before what I mean? In the class, that's pretty good. They don't. Have, it doesn't yeah. have a title. You know, it's not yeah. like, you know, but, <laughs> but it's pretty yeah. good. But I always felt through and throughout the entire time, I felt good about it because I think what I wanted my experience in high school to be was, um, I think sort of lighthearted. And now do you think you were conscious of that while you were in high school? I, I think I, know I, I wasn't because I can remember the decision, um, to like one of the teachers was like, I'm starting out this lunch group with these two other people who ended up first and second in the class. And we're going to like, you know, study more. And 
I knew they were going to, and it was a teacher who I really liked and really respected. And I knew I would have enjoyed it. But I also remember sitting there looking at her and thinking, the alternative is what you remember about high school cafeteria lunches. Just it's sort of wild. It's like <laughs> open. It's loud. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, and and so I remember those types of deliberate choices. You know, okay. um, I chose to do sports and I, I worked um, all through high school and. So I chose to put my time and energy into a lot of different things instead of one thing, which is actually very similar to how I am now. <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of high school sports, I am coaching the first ever varsity girls football team at Grossmont High School. And uh, we're having our first team meeting tomorrow night. We had 48 uh, girls sign up, which is really exciting. Oh my gosh. I'm hoping we're going to have a, a JV. I'm hoping that we're able to. I My fear is I don't want to turn anyone away from a new sport. Yeah. And but there's a reality that only seven people are on the field. And if they don't have a JV, I'm not sure how I'm going to juggle all that. So we have a long way to go. But uh, I um, hope you get a JV because, Tony, I still distinctly remember how I felt getting cut from sixth grade basketball. <laughs> I had convinced my mom to buy me shoes. Oh, no. I remember being so embarrassed to like, what am I going to tell her? Plus, who cuts people from sixth grade basketball? Nobody Come should. On. Nobody should. Sixth grade? I get like a high school team, but yeah. you know, anyway. Or even some hyper competitive travel team, but I I digress. So Sounds you decided like you're gonna be running varsity NJV and intramural rec club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. If uh if it was sustainable, I would be willing. It's a it's a definitely an, I love coaching. I coached boys and girls all my life, my daughter and uh both my boys and all the sports. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, you decided not to be valedictorian, we'll say. I mean, you, you certainly could have been on track for that. Is that why you couldn't get into Harvard and had to settle for <laughs> Cornell? I went to Cornell. You ever heard of it? <laughs> um, I applied to Harvard just because I felt like I should, and I did not get in. Um, I got waitlisted at Yale. Um, I got into Cornell and Smith and UW and a few others. Um, and I decided... I was deciding between Smith and Cornell and Smith is a tiny women's school. Um, and Cornell is a huge half state, half private school. And I went and visited both. And honestly, um, it came down purely and only to money. Like oh, really? Cornell gave me, I, I was, I did not grow up with funds sufficient to, uh, I mean, no one had saved for college or anything like that. Let's just say, um, so it really just came down to who gave a better scholarship and who had more. Um, I mean, by scholarship, I just mean like some yeah. grant, yeah, work yeah. study, all the different package you assembled yeah. together. And then, of course, I had loans, um, but I I was able to, there were loans I was able to deal with over the 10 years after college. Nice. Um, it's funny. I assume, you know, Andy Bernard from the office. It's pronounced Cornell. It's the highest rank in the Ivy League. <laughs> Whenever anybody says Cornell, we always say, ever heard of it? It's so funny. It's it like, is. but the reason I applied to Cornell is because I saw a brochure that um, uh, showed people jumping off cliffs into really pretty streams and gorges in the area. And so that's like the beginning and the end of why I applied. Wow. And the that doesn't was money. So you, you never know. Like yeah. there's so many paths in life. Oh, yeah. Well, like some of us go to Mount Hood Community College. Go Saints. And, yeah, <laughs> and put everybody in a position to do their thing. Fighting Saints, babe. Oh, and I was Mr. Mount Hood, nineteen eighty-five. Just you know, throwing Sweet. that like, sash, 
calendar oh, a little bit. So nice. Do you still have the sash? I do not. I, I can't believe I, I have to. I'm not sure where it is because stuff like that I never get rid of, like yeah. the important moment. Can't imagine over. that moment where you took it and put it in a trash bag. That doesn't sound no, right. No, yeah. no. I know I wore it for like probably ten years after when I that's whenever good. I went out. It was that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you got into tech, and yep. then yep. Uh, the winding path led you to Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, it did. I um, I moved from New York City to Seattle area in 2002. And that's when I started current, uh, at uh, Microsoft rather 20 years and a bit ago. Last September was my 20 year anniversary. Um, and uh, it it is sort of incomprehensible, but it also feels um, it's a it's a good hearted company and it's not without its mistakes or missteps. But in general, you know, the mission of the company is to empower people and also organizations all around the world. And I've seen so many times when the company's leadership had to make a decision. And over and over, I've seen the decision falls on the side of the mission I like. So that that really helps me. And like anyone in technology, there have been many times when I've had, you know, offers at other companies, especially as I've gotten more senior in my career. Um, but to me, it really boils down to will I believe in something more at that place than I do here? And I, it's never come even close. Like I, I've had interviews where I'll say, well, what, what, what's your purpose? Like, why are you here? And they have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, it's just a foreign concept, you yeah, know? Money. I'm here because I get paid. I'm here. Yeah, to, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I, I do respect the company. And in terms of, um, because I'm sort of primed to learn new things quickly, uh, that's a good fit for technology. So even though my background didn't necessarily look on paper, I've learned on the job um, to be quite deep technically and to be able to be, you know, confidently make trade-offs and decisions. And for most of my career here, I was accountable for products and had many, many engineers reporting to me, uh, product people, designers, many, et many engineers, you had to put too many's in there to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> My point being that um, there isn't one path into any industry. You know, there's a, a more, most common path, you know, you get the degree in that thing and then you do that thing. Um, but there are many other paths and I am one what? of many, many non-traditional people. What was your degree in at Cornell? actually finance. Oh, okay. So I was heading down a path more similar to my upbringing. I was doing like political science type stuff. And then I was halfway through school and I was like, wait a second, what am I going to do? And the, I liked math a lot, um, uh, which unfortunately I didn't retain any ability to, to help out with my kids math, but <laughs> I was pretty into math at the time. And the math department head was trying to convince me to major in math because for multiple reasons, but I'm sure they also wanted more women majoring in math. And uh, I was like, no, I, I just couldn't imagine what I was going to do next. And that didn't occur to me until sophomore year. Like it didn't occur to me that there was something after college. And so once it occurred to me, I was like, oh, man, I, I don't actually want to be a professor, even though I love professors. Um, that's not what I want to do. And so I need to find something that has some job after it. So I switched. I took what I knew about math was easy for me and then what I knew about wanting to do something other. And so I actually moved into like uh more of an undergrad business degree actually but with the focus on math um and and i i started my career working in um 
uh, at PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is a big consulting company in New York City. And that exposed me to a lot of different things and ideas. And I started working on tech even then, actually. So it wasn't that that surprising of a transition when I moved to Microsoft. So you've been there, you said 20 years. Um, let me let me just ask a couple questions uh, about the company. You know, yeah. I, I um, like, can you call Bill? Can you say, Bill, what's up? I have, uh, Bill is not, uh, does you have, have to call him Mr. Gates. <laughs> he does not have a job at Microsoft. Obviously he's the founder and incredibly important to the company. I have, um, presented to him several times, both before, while he was the head of Microsoft and after, um, because he takes an interest in Microsoft and he still does technology reviews and all of that. Um, he's, you know, brilliant, interesting, um, pretty much everything I can think of him saying has come true um, about sort of technology futures. Um, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him. Although if, um, if I feel that something's important, um, I will definitely um, tell Satya who's this current CEO and he absolutely listens and considers, but I'm not like bugging him every day or something. Like if you had a flat tire, could you call him and say, Hey, um, help me change this? <laughs> I have a number of people who would probably um, I would call first. <laughs> he has a lot on his plate. Uh, historically, whose idea was Microsoft Me? Millenn Millennium Edition. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was not great. <laughs> it was. I was. I joined after. Okay. I was right. You're off. You're off. <laughs> um, did you invent Clippy? No, but uh, I was, I believe, one of the first to point out that uh, ChatGPT is like Clippy's grandson. Um, so basically, Clippy was attempting to help you. Uh, I be honest, I like Clippy. I know Clippy wasn't. I like Clippy too. Super, super popular and yeah. hailed as a success, but I like Clippy. Yeah, I'll it was disappointing when Clippy left. One, one thing that you find, like, sort of nerdy technologists often do is. The idea is right, but it's timed badly or hasn't really fully understand how the end user lives their life. So yeah. there's a ton of examples of that that I think are really good ideas that Microsoft has had and shipped uh, to market. But, you know, timing is off or a little bit of full understanding of how people actually live might be off. Yeah, I was wondering how, how seriously you were going to answer these questions. So I'm glad that you're entertaining them at least a little bit. Um, yeah. Microsoft Word. Why yeah. can I not put a slash in the date of a name on my document? Like if <laughs> I want to say uh, girls practice schedule 623, I can't put 6 yeah. slash 23. Why not? So think about I'm just screwing around. Think, no, no. Think about <laughs> a URL. Okay. Think about there's slashes in it. Right. And okay. same thing in a file directory. There's slashes. There's a few characters like that that will basically confuse the system if you use them in a name. Um, there's very few now. It used to be you couldn't put even a space yeah, in. I mean, yeah, there was a, put yeah. anything. <laughs> right. Um, now it's just a few like slashes are used in file directories, URLs, a number of different paths. Yeah. It's like the pathing character. So there's actually good. a reason for it. Yeah. Just use underscore. Okay. Good note. Good note. Yeah. And then the last question I just pretty much about the company was how on earth did you get chips small enough to inject into people with the vaccine? <laughs> that is, of course, a state and international secret. Um, oh, 
unfortunately, I don't think the podcast received the clearance necessary. Tell me, tell me off the air when we're done. Tell me after. Yeah, of course. Of okay, course I'll do. I'll be I'll keep you secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for a uh, humor man playing along. Hey, yeah. I noticed kind of kind of off topic. It's a bullet point, but not a big thing. You got a some sort of soccer honor. You got a jersey and something. Tell me about that. What was that all about? One thing I've noticed it was it's been really a loud and proud June this year. So I've been out and gay lesbian for my entire uh wait, wait, you're gay? Life. Yes. What? <laughs> um so I've been out like my whole adult life in just the way that if someone asked me what I did that weekend, I would reference my actual family versus some fabricated family that I set up to make other people feel comfortable. Um so I've been out in that way, but I have noticed since I've gotten more senior levels in my career that um, I have a lot more to do in the month of June because it's Pride Month and it's a time when, um, you know, pride means the opposite of shame. So a lot of people who are LGBTQ plus are subjected to a lot of shame all of their life. So I, I really encourage everyone to think of it as pride's about the opposite of shame. It's about telling people there's nothing to be ashamed of. You are who you are, like you belong, right? So, but because I have a more senior position, um, uh, I, I'm noticing that more sort of accolades are coming up related to my career stage and the fact that that crosses over with me being comfortably and calmly out <laughs> and then a, a ally to everyone else in the in the um, same community, um, like trans people or, um, you know, by or any other category in the in the community. So the soccer thing was there's a um, there's a women's uh, professional soccer team in Seattle called the Seattle Rain. Um, and uh, this is part of the um, National Women's Soccer League, uh, which is has several expansion teams. It's it's um, really picking up, I think, a ton of interest every month they recognize or every home game rather they recognize a, a woman in the community who's notable in some way um and it's the person is called the legend of the game wow. and starbucks is a local company it's our local coffee shop starbucks joins in on this too so it's like the starbucks in the rain legend and so i was nominated for and then selected as the legend uh for a game a couple of weeks ago and my job was to go on on the field and there was a little video about me and awesome. uh, a nice little moment where i got to hold a scarf up and i got a jersey with my name on the i back. saw the jersey with your name on yeah, it how awesome is that cool. Very that is cool. pretty cool uh wow yeah um so yeah i was just saying the the whole uh the month of june those things come up a lot there was a fast company list of the top 50 queers in technology so i'm on that list too and you know it's just a, it's a busy month it's yeah. a busy month for me. Yeah, I, i'm sorry i should have waited until july <laughs> although i've been reaching out for i don't know since the wedding so have you tony have yes you, should we really share with your listeners yes how because how diligently i've pursued this uh -huh, interview and how uh -huh. and how you give information that's missing key elements like Whoa. a digit Okay. Or, you know, yeah, I'm just, just a phone number. It wasn't that hard. There's only 10 <laughs> choices. If you if you cared, you could have found it. <laughs> I told you about my attention to detail. <laughs> um, You got a dog. Yeah, I have many dogs. I have two Man. dogs, two cats, um, four kids in our household. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's a busy it's a busy place. How old are the kids? Uh, 19, 16, 7 and 4. 
19 back around yet or still kind of so out? She's there? actually going to college this summer. Um, we're driving her across the country. Uh, the three of us, the two teens and I are driving all the way across the country in New York to take her to college. So wow. it's going to be really fun. That's going to be a great trip. Road, tri road trips are amazing. You know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you, something great will come of it. 20 seconds of courage. That was one of your quotes yeah. that you that you found from We Got a Zoo. Um, yeah. And I, I agree. I love it. I think it's yeah. a fantastic thing. Do you ever worry that it might go wrong? Somebody might hear that and then leave my wife and kids to become an actor in LA <laughs> because I'm being insanely courageous. Do you ever worry about that? No. About people listening and taking I don't that really one? worry. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't care. Right. Um, I, I find that it's way more common that people don't trust themselves and yes. um, just trust their voice and their, their instinct and, and, and maybe don't speak up. I think that's way more common than the scenario where someone uses that concept for harm. Yeah, um, I, I agree. You know, I used to I have a worrier. One of my children is a worrier, and I used to make visual um, ways to point out to her how like unlikely a lot of these things are. Like I, I got a bowl and filled it with salt, and I put like a flake, a single flake of black pepper in it. She saw me put it in, and then I said, that's how likely this scenario is, and she never found it again. My point being that if I can encourage people to step out of their comfort zone in a way that doesn't harm anyone but stops the limits they've placed on themselves um you know that that's really why i share that sort of concept yeah so you need to tell that to jim mcdowell he's my friend who i was talking with is yeah trust yourself believe yourself you don't need a yeah. corporate structure to, yeah. to wrap you in, in a, and swaddle you in a blanket of comfort you <laughs> find it on your own um all right one of the things you did was are you familiar with Atomic Habits, first of all? I am. Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm actually a big routine person for as much as I'm not a linear, detailed thinker. I like to not make decisions when I don't have to. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, I agree. So I, I was just going to, my note here is that I just want you to validate my feelings that that's good. It's good. Okay. There. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You you did a list. You did a list of the wedding. Uh, I've seen yeah. some blog posts where you've done lists. So uh, just quick off the top of your head, top five traits for success. Mm. They don't have to be one through uh, five. Yeah. And a lot of the all of these are other people's ideas. I'll just say the ones that I really believe in. So yeah. um, the whole concept of growth mindset, like the whole concept of well, actually, I find it most helpful to describe as the opposite of fixed mindset. Fixed mindset is things are how they are. I'm always going to think this way. You're always going to be that way. The system will always be this way. It's just fixed. Nothing can change. Growth mindset is the opposite of staying really open, staying curious, eagerly seeking out things that question your beliefs. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean that any one way. A growth mindset can be about, like you said, your your career or what you're capable of. So I do think growth mindset is is really, really, really essential. That's one. Um, another one is positive relationships. Uh, like the 
it is hard to be successful if you feel isolated, lonely, um, unloved. Um, so I, I think ma building, maintaining and investing time in positive relationships in whatever way works for that person uh, is really, really essential. Another one is uh, figuring out what makes you at your best and structuring your day in that way. And maybe this is a little related to the atomic habits you're talking about. Uh, so, you know, one example for me is it took me a while to learn, but I get really cranky if I'm not doing some sort of exercise every day. There's no outcome I'm looking for. I'm not trying to like win a marathon or, you know, I don't have some specific swimsuit I'm attempting to squeeze into. Um, it's I really focused on how I, how I feel my best. And uh, so structuring your day in a way that protects some time for what makes you be your best um, pays off big time. So for me, I get up at five every morning and there's two hours before I do anything related to anything else other than drinking my coffee, doing some exercise. Like um, it, it really helps me uh, be the best I can be. Um, you had a five-year-old that lets you do that? <laughs> no one's up at five. Okay. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, it does require, um, I've done this all my adult life. And there are times when it, I've scooched it up to 430 because, like you said, they get up early sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I really find that this protected time when no one needs anything um, gives me a way to really stay positive and centered and all of that. Um, I think another one would be, and, this is maybe related to the 20 seconds of courage thing we're talking about. Um, when in doubt, do the thing, whatever the thing is. When, when in doubt, when I'm like, ah, I don't know, should I go to this wedding and this other place where it's like sort of a hassle and I don't know, it's just like a, um, do it. Just like the, the life that you create is built on the experiences that you're open to. Um, we are and, what we do. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think that, you know, when in doubt, say yes, go do it. Um, it doesn't mean you have to do the exact same thing again, but you're you're building up these these really important experiences. And then the last one, uh, you said what's critical for success. Um, do what you say you're going to do. Like that is a huge sort of fork in the road, I think, between being uh, a, a a person who has a lot of what they're looking for in life, but but um, maybe has a hard time getting other people to count on them, um, and and often to be successful, you people need to know they can count on you, right? So it doesn't mean everything goes as we planned. So like if I say, hey, by next Friday, I'll have X ready. Well, if something happens on Wednesday that changes my ability or the information, that's when I tell people, yes. oh, I'm going to change the delivery date for this, whatever thing it is. So it's basically do what you say you're going to do, no excuses, or tell people ahead of time that you're going to do something different. Um, and then that builds up confidence and trust and it makes a big difference over time. So excellent. I agree with all of those. So I know that means a lot to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next top five, we're going to cut to a top two. What's a good place to eat? Casual, uh, casual spot, not a super fancy spot. I, I you can go Seattle because you're familiar. You can go anywhere else. Oh, um, 
Well, last night, yesterday was my birthday, actually. Happy and birthday. So my, you know, my uh, traditional thing for I happen to love oysters. Not everyone in my family loves oysters. I love raw oysters. And so what we do uh, is go out and we're Seattle's a good seafood town because um, there's a lot of water and therefore seafood. Um, so we go out and get a bunch of oysters and just, I sat outside um, by a dock with boats and water on a lake. And that was just amazing. For um, another seafood related dinner that that we love to do as a special occasion is like a big seafood boil. And there's a few restaurants that do that. And you, you go and they literally dump all of the seafood and everything on the table. And you wear bibs and you just you know, it's crab and corn and sausage and clams and all sorts of stuff. Oh, That's amazing. really fun and delicious. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I'm, I'm pro on lots of seafood stuff. I, I mean, I like pretty much all food. I would say if you're asking me, uh, what is one dish I could eat over and over and over? Uh, Seattle. Oh, no. has... Don't no? answer that right now. Don't answer that. No, that's going to be okay. part of the next question. Okay. 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 I also, I lived in England for a while and uh, I love the idea of your local, you know, there's a pub that's your local and it's sort of shabby. It's familiar. The neighborhood people are in it. Um, so I also love having sort of a local and there's a, a pub type thing in my neighborhood and I'll go have like a work meeting there or, you know, just a casual lunch or, you know, maybe a beer or something um, after work sometimes. It's just a comfortable casual you know, neighborhood the bartender they give you a nod when you walk in that kind yeah, of yeah yeah no that's awesome um the next question best dancer at the wedding in the youth and adult divisions i think i think me and the youth and you and adult probably <laughs> <laughs> good answer and then um in order one through i'm gonna say three but i might be wrong in that number favorite rank your favorite sisters sisters Sisters, there were never such devoted sisters. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good student, but I'm gonna have to give you evasive answers to all of these. How <laughs> <laughs> you can you can evade that whole question? It was just uh, funny to kind of put you on the spot for me. Are you actually, listeners? You can't see because it it's uh, audio that you're getting. She made a contemplative face, like she was gonna try and spin yeah. a reasonably unoffensive answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was gonna give a best sister for each thing or something like uh, that. I, I think we were fun. A wishy washy answer. Yeah. I know your I know who your favorite is. You mentioned it before we were recording. Now they're <laughs> gonna be wondering who <laughs> when they listen. I just got um one more one more question. It's the traditional yeah. end of the Tony on the mic segment. You have yeah. been convicted of a capital crime. Uh, not going again. to the electric chair. You have mm -hmm. one meal. You have one movie to watch while you eat that meal. And one song to plug into your headphones as you sail off into the sweet abyss. What would your movie be? I think I would pick the um, Looney Tunes Bugs Bunny um, uh, compilation from the 80s because uh, I think I'd rather just like head out laughing and mm -hmm. they're silly and fun. Um, there's a lot of Roadrunner, you know. Yeah, Mimi. And yeah. what about your meal? Definitely... That thing I, I could eat happily every day would be um, Vietnamese soup called pho. Uh, oh, my daughter loves that. I've had it a couple of times. It's good. 
It's so good. It's delicious. It's both filling and light and bright with lots of flavors. Um, always makes me happy. Nice. Well, if you ever come to San Diego, my daughter has some wonderful. Well, never mind. You already came and saw BJ. But if you ever come and have yeah. a chance to go out to dinner, we'll love to yeah. take you to a, a hot fuss spot here in town. Okay. There's a couple of really Great. good ones. Yeah. And then last but not least, your song that's going to play you off. So I was raised with folk music um, and yeah, exactly. So I think I would pick one of the songs and it, I mean, probably the one, one people would know I was raised with more obscure folk singers, but something like Imagine or, you know, some of those uh, Joan Baez songs or a, a song that makes you feel like you believe in people. Because yeah. even if I was feeling a little grumpy about heading to the electric chair, um, <laughs> my my spirit believes in people and so a song that represents that um would would be my choice well i gotta play something in the background while we sign off so give me give me one let's just do imagine you got it okay. um yeah folk singers when i talk about like the kingston trio and yeah yeah uh, the smothers brothers and, uh-huh, uh-huh. and Cher, joan baez my dad's my dad held hands with joan baez in a protest right. sing-along circle in the wow. 70s Wow, that's great. My guest today has been the incomparable Lorraine Bardeen. I really appreciate you carving out some time and doing this. And uh, I'm going to figure out how we're related. And okay. I will I will let you know. Uh, got it. you got to be something Should removed or in-law or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. But thank if you, you are, so much, Steve. What's that? I just said thank you so much for having me on the yeah. show. And if you're ever in San Diego, you already saw my brother. So come see us. Yeah. We'd, love to, we'd love to see I you. I got it. All right. I got it. Outstanding. Okay, thank, thank you so much. Bye. Bye bye. Tony in La Mesa. Outro. 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 That is going to do it for another episode of Tony on the Mic. Please subscribe, like, comment, and support the show at Tony on the Mic on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the TikTok. All of these platforms are being slowly filled with quality entertainment product. Also support the show on our Patreon page and contact Tony on the Mic at TonyOnTheMic.com for sponsorship opportunities and content suggestions. I want to thank my sponsors and the support side, including associate producer Gary Lawrence. No need for greed.